When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Daily Premier League news and views. This is Football Social Daily. There are just three days left until the January transfer window closes for another season. And that means three more days for Tottenham to get their house in order. It's becoming a bit of a shambles at Spurs as two of their top targets look set for switches elsewhere. Are Tottenham simply being gazumped by more attractive propositions or is their notorious stubbornness doing more harm than good? We'll discuss that on the show today as well as whether these transfer shenanigans will have an impact when it comes to Antonio Conte's future at the club. While Spurs scramble, other clubs have been going about their business with Aston Villa in the market again, whilst West Ham look to complete a move for a coveted championship striker and a Manchester United youngster heads north to sharpen his skills. All the latest top flight transfer talk right here on today's Football Social Daily, the only Premier League podcast with a new show each and every day of the season. I'm Niall and Joel and Marley are alongside me today to go through it all. Hello, guys. Morning, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I've deliberately left out any Newcastle chat on today's show, Marley, because to be honest, mate, oh, what? I'm fed up with it. Thank God. Thank do you know God. what? On on Monday is transfer deadline day, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read out a list of every player we've been linked with in the January transfer window because I found one. Um, so Monday's podcast is gonna be about 45 minutes longer than it usually is because <laughs> this list is extensive. It's mad. This is genuinely someone's put together a list of every single player you've been linked with this window or since the takeover, I guess. Just this window. Bloody hell. Okay, well, I look forward to that on Monday, but for the time being, (laughs) we're not going to talk about Newcastle. Um, There are some rumours involving you potentially signing the midfielder Bruno Guimaraes, but um, we'll wait for him to be holding that scarf up at St. James's Park before we discuss that, because as you mentioned, so many players have been linked, you just never know. Um, Thanks for listening to the show, by the way. This is Football Social Daily. If you're a first-time listener, we'd love to know what you think by leaving a review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform. We love hearing what you have to say about the show. Um, so make sure you do that five stars would be absolutely brilliant and we'll probably read them out on the show as well so thank you for your time listening in through what's been a difficult start to 2022 January feels like it's dragged on forever but we're almost at the end of it now and of course transfers 
uh, the main topic of conversation today. We'll also be testing your January transfer knowledge a little bit later on in the show with a bit of a quiz. So start thinking about those famous January transfers and uh, see how you do against Marley and Joel a bit later on. But first, we need to discuss the shambles that is Tottenham Hotspur. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just mean when it comes to the players they've been linked with in the press this January transfer window. We've spoken on this show a number of times throughout the month of January about Adama Traore, the Wolves winger, who could be well on his way to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He was a key target. Reports suggested £20 million would have been enough to do it. But now the Spanish player looks set to move to Barcelona. That is a huge blow for Tottenham Hotspur, particularly considering Conte had plans to turn Adama into a wingback. Another name that's been linked with Tottenham is Luis Diaz, the Porto winger, he was a target, but now he looks on his way to Liverpool. So with that in mind, two big targets that Tottenham have had, it looks like, Joel, they're going to miss out on them. So just how damaging is that going to be for Spurs? You know, I have a bit of sympathy with both of these ones because I think they're two very different situations because obviously Adama Traore, he's a Catalan guy. He was born, I read, literally a street away from the Camp Nou. So if a guy's come through La Masia and his dream from being a young age was to break into that Barcelona first team. And then when he gets to, you know, the kind of upcoming peak of his career, he gets the opportunity to then go home, go back to Barcelona and potentially have success there. I don't really see how you can put so much blame on Spurs for that. I think if any other club were rivaling Barcelona in this situation, I I think Traore would have always chose Barcelona and that's purely because of his roots there. So I don't have much... Uh, discredit to give to Spurs for that one however on the other hand with Luis Diaz which could have been one of the the coops of the January transfer window I have zero sympathy for this one and it's purely because of the fact that Liverpool are renowned to not want to spend extortionate amounts and go over what they're planned to pay and I truly believe that in this circumstance if Tottenham were to have offered Porto a crazy amount higher than Liverpool. I'm pretty sure Diaz would have chosen Spurs because obviously prior to Liverpool actually coming in, um, and I do remember us talking about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about Liverpool's interest in Diaz. So it's clear that the plans have been brought forward, obviously from the summer. um, And it was seeming to be that Spurs were happy, I'm sorry, Diaz was happy to go to Spurs after they kind of agreed some kind of fee with uh, Porto. But... It's just a case that, honestly, it's it's penny-pinching. This is a case where Diaz, I think, would have been tempted by either move. It's a good move for, for, for either for either of them. Um, and it's a case of Tottenham just not wanting to dig deeper and get the man that they want. Or not the man that they want, the man that Antonio Conte wants, which is a different story in, in his whole entirety. Because I can only imagine Daniel Levy's locked himself in his panic room this morning, just kind of hoping that there's no knocks on the door. Because I'm sure... Now that two of Conte's main transfer targets have now just seemingly vanished, I'm very interested to see how this progresses because we know for a fact, and it's been on record from Conte, just how displeased he is with the squad in terms of its quality and how much it needs to improve. And now that both of his main transfer targets have seemingly just gone and they've been plucked by bigger clubs, um, I'm sure it's going to be a massive sting and he's not going to want to choose his third fourth choice transfer target because you know he likes to have the guys who have got the certain characteristics for the the positions that he wants in his system which Mm -hmm. is very particular so it'd be very interesting to see but I think both scenarios you have to look at it objectively and they're both very different 
I think you're right about Adama Traore. He did used to play for Barcelona, only made one La Liga appearance for them in the early stages of his career before making the leap to play English football. And I understand what it would feel like for him going home. You're right, the, the university hospital in Barcelona is literally around the corner from Camp Nou, so it's, it's not far away. And if that is where he was born, then you can totally understand the, the pull and attraction. But I think with that in mind, particularly when it comes to Adama Mali, the frustration from Spurs fans won't be the, OK, fair enough, he's going home back to Barcelona. It will be the, we were linked with him in the first week of the transfer window for a reasonably nominal fee when it comes to, to modern transfer figures. We could have got the job done early, got the business done and in the bag, but we left it and we stalled. And now another club has come in and swooped for the signing. And as Joel says with the Liverpool thing, it feels like that's been the case as well. It's like Tottenham have been pipped at the post when they could probably have got the business done a while ago. Yeah, I, th- I think this is this is a case of sort of rinse and repeat for, for Spurs. Um, they've been here before, you know. Being linked with a guy, you know, for for I think they were linked with him as far back as last January, I would say, and certainly the summer, because you know there was this, there was kind of an expectation around uh, Wolves and Adama Traore that he would uh, he would leave in the summer because he was it just sort of felt like the right time with with Nuno going and everything like that. So there was that, and then Spurs still haven't got it over the line, and it's like they they just stall everything too long. And they almost sort of, it feels like they're like, well, he won't go anywhere else because we've been talking to him and he knows we're interested. And it's like, there's always going to be another club that comes along for everybody, unless they're, they're Spurs through and through, like they've born and bred Spurs. Nobody's going to just purely wait for Spurs. They're not they're not a, a big enough club. They're not a Real Madrid where everybody will wait until Real Madrid are absolutely not interested um, and then go somewhere else. It's like, you Spurs, you know, you're, you're not the most elite club, so people will get tempted by other projects, and Adama Chiori probably never expected to go back to Barcelona ever, but, you know, the the financial situation they're in um, has, has sort of forced them to, to decimate their their front three. Um, you know, Griezmann's gone, Messi's obviously gone, Suarez went as well. Coutinho's gone, Dembele's going, so they've had to completely rebuild it from scratch. Um, and Adama's one of the, the sort of cheaper options because they can get him in um, on a loan with a with an option to buy. It's not even an obligation, so it's not even as if there's a there's a genuine permanent move at the end of it. So it just shows you that he'd rather risk um, six months at the new camp than being very well paid at Spurs because of the project and because of the love he's got for for Barcelona so Adama can go back and try and make an impact in Spanish football like he didn't before um, and he kind of got cut away before he could get into his stride with all the players he had in front of him um, and he can he can sort of take that chance and probably in six months time if Barcelona don't buy him Spurs will still be in there trying to buy him again um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody else come in and pip them again in six months time because you see Levy and I feel like Levy would probably take this like knock as a as a personal jibe. And if 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 the deal was there for fifteen million in the summer with Adama having one year left on his contract at Wolves, if that deal was there for fifteen, twenty million, Levy would still dig his heels in and be like, Well, you've turned us down once and 
I don't think Spurs are in that that situation where they can they can turn down players like that because at this rate Antonio Conte is going to need a new hair transplant because it's <laughs> he's going to be tearing his hair out at this uh, at this transfer business again. Is that going to be the concern then, Marley? Do you think more the reaction of Antonio Conte more than anything else? Now, one of the guys who works with us, Owen, is a Tottenham fan. Now, you don't hear Owen on the podcast, but he is part of the sports social team. And we were talking to him before the show, and he said that you know we're becoming a bit of a, a laughing stock. And he says that you know the disaster could be not the fact that they don't have enough players to really mount a top four challenge in the way they would like, but the fact they might not have a manager because we know what Antonio Conte is like. If he doesn't get his own way, he's not afraid to show his opinion. Yeah, well, it depends what what the sort of relationship relationship is like with Levy because we all sort of say that he's a hard negotiator and probably a very hard man to work for. And, you know, it has to be a strong relationship to get through this, this January because... You know, ultimately, Levy's the one making the decisions, and you know what? What else has Conte got to do? He's got to say, "Look, this squad's not good enough. I need, I need players. It's going to take years. Let's get started. I want Adama. Um, if we can, I want Luis Diaz. And then the off, the offloading of Harry Kane. If that happens in the summer or beyond, then that is kind of offset by the fact that you've got two players there." ready to to step into that void that Harry Kane might leave in the future. So, and then, you know, Conte is saying that he's being clear in what he wants from from what we can tell, um, and Levy's not getting anything over the line for him. So, you know, it's it's almost like David Beckham whipping a crossing and the header being into an empty net from a yard out by Peter Crouch and he's buried it over the bar, you know. It's just, it, it, Levy's the one that's missing all these chances. So, I can't see... Conte being too happy, and you know, I think there's more likely to be a massive punch up in the Spurs boardroom than uh, than Spurs going out and signing the players that that Conte wants. Why are Tottenham the way they are in the transfer market, Joel? Is there an answer that we can put our finger on? Because it feels like this happens a lot, whether that be incomings or outgoings. There was the whole Harry Kane saga last season, and a lot of people credited, particularly Nuno Espirito Santo, who was the manager at the time, with the way he dealt with the situation. We know that Daniel Levy wanted to keep hold of Harry Kane. He has done so. But we also said that when Conte got the job, that there'll need to be money for him to spend. It feels like this is always happening to Tottenham. So why do you think that they are the way they are or the way that they're perceived in the transfer market whenever the windows do come around? It always, always comes from the top. Whatever recruitment strategy at every club, it always comes from the top and that determines how successful you are in the market. And you raise a good point at the start in terms of how long they take to get transfers done. I remember when William was available when he was at, I think it was Shakhtar Donetsk, and they had a clear run at him. I think they even agreed a fee for him and he was very, very close. And suddenly Chelsea came out of the shadows, sealed the deal within days, and that was that. And it's it, this isn't just like a, an anomaly. It's not a one kind of c- uh, circumstance scenario where they've oh, they just got beat at the last minute. This is this seem seemingly happens most summers, and it's the reason why they end up having to either overpay for players like we've seen in the last summers, where you know they paid a good what sixty million for Ndombele, they paid fifty million for Lacelso, and those two are looking to be moved on now, rather than actually going for signings where you know. For example, Diaz, he's been touted to be linked with Liverpool for the last month or so. So surely they would have had some kind of urgency needed. And it's for me, it's just penny pinching. 
of course they're trying to get the best deal possible because they've they've had big outlays previously obviously with like stadiums and um having to pay off managers <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> big outlays like billion pound stadium just the little things in football restocking the cheese room every five minutes <laughs> and the longest yeah. bar in europe so um they've, they've they've got a lot going on however apparently they still are in the financial position to get these deals done and for me it's a case of just when when you're in the transfer market and you're not a big club like real madrid barcelona you have to get things done quickly because otherwise, like we've seen, these clubs can come out of the shadows so easily and turn players' heads because they are what they are. And they've earned it through so much success in previous years, whereas Spurs are not in that position to do that. And Diaz would have been such a coup for them had they have just basically paid up. And it's the same with the United, Manchester United. It's a case of that all the time. They don't just pay up. Then time moves on. The transfer target moves on. And that's that. And... It's a different scenario with Tottenham. They just are not ruthless enough, in my opinion. And that they're paying the price for it massively. And now two of their transfer targets, who Conte probably had at the very top of his list, have now gone to other clubs. And I would be scared out of my absolute head if I was Levy right now. Well, that's the story when it comes to Tottenham at the moment. A bit of a shambles when it comes to their transfer dealings this window. There are only three days left. Will Tottenham have any signings through the door by the time the window closes. It looks like Adama Traore and Luis Diaz, two Tottenham targets, will be on their way to different clubs. We'll talk about Tottenham, I'm sure, in the coming days when the window does draw to a close. But there are some deals that have already been done to talk about and we'll do that next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome back to the show. I'm Niall, Marley and Joel are with me and we're going to talk about some of the done deals in the Premier League now when it comes to transfers. And Callum Chambers has joined Aston Villa signing from Arsenal. A bit of a forgotten man at Arsenal, I'd argue, Marley. But I suppose what you can say is that Steven Gerrard as a manager has been decisive in his business this window, which is the opposite of what we were talking about when it comes to Tottenham before the break. So Chambers from Arsenal to Villa, what do you make of that one? I think this is a shrewd little move, I think, for for Villa and for for Callum Chambers. I think he's, as you say, I would definitely agree he's a bit of a forgotten man at uh, at Villa, um, sorry, at Arsenal. 
and he's not really going to get in that team too much. I think they're building without him. Um, they've sort of identified Gabriel and and um, Ben White as the as the first choice centre backs, and Rob Holding's still there as well. So Tommy Asu's who's made right back his own, got a couple of left backs as well. So you look at that and think there's not going to be that many opportunities for him there. Um, so where can he go and play more first team football? And I think alongside. Maybe alongside Tyro Mings, maybe maybe he might. Well, he's basically he's going to battle with with Conser, isn't he? And and House, Courtney House, um, and we're going to see if he can get more games there. But I th- I think it's a pretty shrewd move because he can play right back as well. Um, it's one thing I am happy about is that it might end Villa's interest in Joe Gomez. <laughs> so I hope Newcastle can can hijack that one like uh, like Liverpool the hijacking. Uh, Spurs' move for Diaz, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a good move for everyone. Really, he's he'll fit straight in. He's he's experienced in in you know the Premier League. He's played plenty of games at a high level and all that. So he's uh, he's probably ready for a new challenge now. Because as I say, I think Arsenal were moving on without him, um, and it's up to him to say right. Well, what's next for me? Because I'm not going to stick around here and hope I play once every six weeks in the league, in the League Cup. So. Let's uh, let's get my career back on track. So I think it suits, suits all parties and, and fair play to him. Yeah, I definitely think that Steven Gerrard has come into the job at Aston Villa and just said, listen, this is what I want to do. These are the players I want. And Aston Villa have delivered. You know, it's, it's chalk and cheese from what we were talking about with Tottenham. It's almost as if Tottenham are kind of a bit hesitant when it comes to making the decisions. As for Aston Villa, they've gone into the market. They've got Luca Dean. They've got Coutinho. They've got Chambers. There's other players as well that are being linked with Aston Villa. We could see more signings from them before the end of the window in a couple of days' time. So I think when we talk about who's won the transfer window, as we kind of jokingly do every single time the window shuts, uh, maybe this time it is Aston Villa. But Callum Chambers has moved to Aston Villa from Arsenal. I want to talk about someone at Manchester United now. This is another done deal from your club, Joel, albeit an outgoing, and that's the young Ivorian winger, Ahmad, who's left Manchester United for Rangers on a loan move until the end of the season. Now, we know Ahmad has got bags of potential. He's he's quite a slight and, and small guy, not to suggest he isn't capable of playing in the Premier League because we've seen him uh, in sort of fleeting appearances, putting reasonable performances but I guess a move to Scotland and a huge club like Rangers with massive attendances every week is a chance for him to develop physically in in what is quite a physical league on the whole. Yeah it seems as though well first and foremost he's only played seven professional games in his whole career with Manchester United and Atalanta combined and he's 19 and you know when you compare the majority of all the biggest European young talents in football. I think Jaden Sancho had already played two full seasons at Dortmund by that by that age, and then you look. Mbappe had won a World Cup. Yeah, or that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, as age. you do. <laughs> um, yeah. While we were just in college, just messing around. Um, but yeah, I mean, at nineteen, you have to be going and playing football. He's been on the bench. All I see is just him winning training games. But you need to be on the actual football pitch. And I think with Rangers, I think. Um, is it Yanis Hadji? I think he's just been ruled out for the rest of the season. So it seems as though it's a kind of doubt, um, a straight replacement for him for the ne- for the next six months. And for me, he's... Well, obviously, United paid a massive fee for someone who'd only played four professional games for Atalanta. So they can't have seen a, a great deal of him. They've purely banked on potential more than anything. Um, and like I say, at 19, it's the perfect opportunity now to actually start playing. Because you don't... I think the last thing you want is buying... 
a young player with bags of potential but then starts to stagnate because they're not getting any game time and it happens far too much. And, you know, if I was a young player at 19 at a big club like this, I'd be forcing my way out and getting a loan deal. I don't understand why they wait on these, like, two to three games a season to show themselves when, more often than not, they've got all these multi-million pound signings in front of them. And, you know, like you've seen with Sancho, who's the best example, if you're not getting the opportunity, you go and find it for yourself. And I think with Rangers... It's the perfect physical opportunity as well, especially. I don't think they wanted him to go to, you know, somewhere like Ibar or Cadiz or something like that, where um, the, 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 it's not very physical. It's a little bit more, you know, strategic in the way they play. And when he comes back to the Premier League, I don't think he'll be as acclimatised to the Premier League as he would if he goes to Scotland, where, as we know, it's a little bit more physical. It's a little bit more of a, a kind of battle on the pitch. And I think he needs to get used to that because... Obviously, in Syria, he's only played a handful of games. And again, that's not the most physical play style in Italy. So I think it's the perfect chance if he can get on the pitch. I hope he can do. Um, but they've got a very, very talented player who, you know, he has bags of potential. Where he goes, I don't know, because as I say, we've not really seen a great deal of him. Even if you wanted to look back into like the archive montages on YouTube, you're not going to get a great deal out of it. So it'll be interesting to see how he does um, when he comes back and hopefully... Once, if he does well, the new manager will place him in his uh, plans from the summer onwards. Yeah, that's a loan deal, Ahmed, to Rangers from Manchester United until the end of the season. And this one isn't a done deal, but it's certainly uh, picking up speed in terms of interest. And that is the Blackburn Rovers striker, Ben Brereton-Diaz, who allegedly is catching the eye of West Ham United. He's been catching the eye of a lot of people as well, namely due to his involvement for Chile. He actually scored for them last night as well in a game against Argentina, Ben Brereton-Diaz. Um, Blackburn are going well in the championship. West Ham need back up to Mikhail Antonio. This seems like a good option, Marley. He's still just 22, but do you think he might be a bit more expensive than West Ham really want to pay due to where Blackburn are in the league? And they know that if they lose their key striker, that will scupper their chances of a return to the Premier League next season. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is a really good move. Um, I think Ben, since adding Diaz to his surname, he's gone to another another level. <laughs> like, as Ben Brereton, he was sort of a... Run-of-the-mill championship striker, <laughs> and now he's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of like nine, ten goals a season. And he's got, I think he's got like, is it 20? It's, it's over 20. It's 21, 22 goals a season, but um, already. So I think he got 20 in his first 24. So, I mean, we mentioned we mentioned Owen before, didn't we, on the podcast about it, how he's a Spurs fan. He's actually, he's from Blackburn. And he said to me at the start of the season, he's got a friend um, who's who's a Blackburn fan. Um, and Ben Brereton Diaz was was a thousand to one to score 20, 20 championship goals this uh, this season. So his mate put a tenner on it, and now he's won ten grand. So, a thousand to one. Yeah, he was a thousand for a strike for a championship striker to score twenty goals. Any any championship striker to score twenty goals um, is is madness. But for for him. You know, he, yeah, a thousand to one. So he's made put a tenner on it, and now he's won ten grand. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's just showing you the level he's playing at, and obviously that's going to come with, um, with you know, massive media attention because I think he's twenty two, twenty three years old. So you know, if players are going to, sorry, clubs are going to come looking for you, and West Ham know the championship well. You know, they've they've gone and signed um, Jared Bowen. Who got a, got a lot of stick at the time because nobody really it was a panic buy really, but they got it right. They stumbled across mm. something because um, I think he was he was in talks to come to Newcastle for a long time, and, and West Ham just went 
shite to it, we'll have him, um, and rushed a deal through. And it's turned out really well for them, so they're probably looking in that in that sort of pond again. And Diaz is a, well, Brereton, sorry, is the um, is the one who can, you know, has this sort of outstanding CV this season. He's he's quick. He can score goals. He's he's playing way above his level. Um, and when he goes away with Chile, he t- he always scores. He's uh, he scored again last night against Argentina. He's he's now like a a, a hero in in Chile without uh, without speaking barely a word of Spanish, but. He's got a, it. It his his whole story is really interesting. It's it's really uh, intriguing to see because his mum's his mum's from Chile, and if you ever hear her speak, she's got this insane like accent of. She's from obviously she's like spent most of her life in 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 the northwest of England, so she's got like a Blackburn accent, but then she's got this like incredible like twinge of Spanish. And it's just it's brilliant as you find it on on Twitter. We'll try and retweet it later, but it's uh, it's it's so funny. Um, but fair play to him; he's, he's absolutely smashing it. And you can't score that many goals in the championship without without Premier League teams coming in for you. And I think with with his case, I think with um, with anyone that's going to buy him, I think it's really smart business from a from a marketing point of view as well because you're going to get a load of South American fans. You're going to get a load of random Chileans following you on Twitter and, and unfurling, you know, Brereton. You're going to see in the streets of Santiago, you're going to see Ben Brereton, uh, West Ham or Blackburn shirts and in, in, wandering around the streets. So it's a smart move from, from that point of view. And he's a, a you know, looks like a fantastic player as well. So yeah, fair play to him. I hope he gets the move to, to some Premier League club. If it's West Ham, then then great. If it's someone else, then, then great as well. Yeah, and once again, to be 22 and be in that position, um, with age on your side, that's only going to be a benefit, isn't it? And like you mentioned, Marley, you get the face of Pepsi in South America, particularly in Chile, um, <laughs> as, as part of your playing squad. So you do get benefits from that. What a mad twist in his career, man. I know. If you went Amazing, back two though. years and, and told him what, he, he would just laugh in your face, wouldn't he? It's a brilliant story, though, because I'm, I'm almost certain that the Chile national team only called him up because they spotted that he had Chilean heritage from football manager. I'm not sure how true yeah, that is, but... Yeah. No, it's it's hundred percent true. That's that's ridiculous, but it's that brilliant. hundred percent true because it was the um, the researcher for Blackburn, um, or some one of the researchers knew that his um, that his mum was Chilean, so he went, well, that's grounds to play for Chile. So they put it on his on his little info page, and it said eligible el- uh, eligibility England, Chile, and then the Chilean scouts and stuff seen it. <laughs> And the rest is history. It's absolutely amazing. We've got punters winning story. 10 grand. We've got football manager getting a, a player replacing a national team. Great stuff. Um, West Ham on the search for a new striker because obviously Mikhail Antonio does have a, a questionable injury record. He's currently away with Jamaica at the moment, actually on international duty, but they don't really have any backup to him. So maybe Ben Brereton-Diaz might be that option for West Ham. We'll wait and see, of course, with three days of the window to go. That's it when it comes to the transfer talk. But after this on Football Social Daily, we're going to be testing Marley and Joel with a transfer quiz. We'll do it next after this. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is your daily Premier League podcast. No other podcast out there will bring you a brand new episode on Premier League football every single day of the Premier League season. So if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss one. You can also leave us a review as well, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or any other platform. Give us a nice little five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show and uh, we're more than likely to read out those reviews on the podcast at some point in the near future. I did actually get a message on Instagram um, a week or so ago from a lad called Ishmael who says that he absolutely loves listening to the podcast so um, thanks for your message Ishmael one of a number of people who've subscribed to the podcast we're really thankful for your support so um, keep those reviews coming in we absolutely love hearing what you have to say now though we're gonna have a bit of fun here on Football Social Daily we've spoken about the transfers now we're going to test Marley and Joel how would you suggest your transfer knowledge is, Joel, when it comes to January transfers? I'd say my transfer knowledge is better than these weird, like, who scored in the Division 2 Cup <laughs> final of 1984. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm a bit more stronger in this area than some of the old boys who come on here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. With that in mind, we're going to do a, a transfer quiz, which is higher or lower. So this relates to transfer fees involving Premier League clubs in the January transfer window over the years. So if you don't know how higher or lower works, I read out a player, I'll read out the fee that they were sold for and Joel or Marley will take it in turns and they'll have to tell me whether they think the next player that I read out the fee is higher or lower. We'll start with a nice memorable one. In January 2011, Liverpool paid £35 million for Andy Carroll. Joel, I'll let you go first. You're the youngest. You can go first. That was £35 million. In 2018, Arsenal bought Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But was the fee higher or lower? Uh, Higher, 100%. It was. It was £56 million. So well done, Joel. Still in the game. Next one we're going to talk about came also in 2018 and it came from Tottenham who signed Lucas Moura Marley but was it higher or lower than 56 million that Arsenal paid for Aubameyang uh, lower <laughs> correct it was lower 25 million pounds Marley still in the game next question Joel Liverpool in 2011 in the January transfer window signed the memorable Luis Suarez but was Luis Suarez's transfer fee higher or lower than the 25 million pounds Tottenham paid for Lucas Moura I'm going to say lower by a tiny bit 
He's right. He's got it right. Yeah. Twenty-two and a half million pounds. <laughs> that was a bit out of skin, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I didn't know if it was like around twenty-six or twenty twenty-ish. Luis Suarez, um, twenty-two and a half million pounds for what Liverpool, bargain. and that turned out to be a bit of a bargain, um, as you say. Next one. In twenty fourteen, Marley Manchester United bought Juan Mata, but was it higher or lower than the twenty two and a half million pounds Liverpool bought Luis Suarez for? Uh, higher. Yes, it was higher. Thirty seven million pounds. Thirty seven million pounds. Champs, I'm telling you. Oh my You're god. You're doing very, very well, gents, I must say. You're doing very, very, very well. Okay. 2018, Atletico Madrid bought a combative Chelsea striker, Diego Costa, left Stamford Bridge, but for what fee, Joel? Was it higher or lower than the £37 million that United paid for Juan Mata? Oh, it's got to be lower. Costa was pretty much done after what he left Chelsea, wasn't he? He's wrong. He's wrong. What? £57 million. They paid £57 million for Costa. Jesus. Atletico Madrid paid £57 million for Diego Costa in 2018. So, well done, Marley. You are the champion. Joel can't believe it. <laughs> Wait, Marley, yeah, Marley's got one more. He's got to even it up. Nah, I've won. Too late. Sorry, going mate. down without a fight. I've had one more than you. Joel's demanding a steward's inquiry. I'm going to have to make it a hard one. It's going to be 58 or 56, isn't it? <laughs> okay, we'll stick with Chelsea. Christian Pulisic. Chelsea bought Christian Pulisic in 2019. Was it higher or lower than the £57 million they sold Diego Costa for? Oh, this is so close. <laughs> it was higher. It was higher by a million quid. Was it? 58 no. million. I wanna, <laughs> Jesus. I want to know the currency exchange rates at both times. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Joel feels like he's been squeezed out of the uh, I'm just shocked yeah, that, the I'm deal. just shocked that Atletico Madrid paid that much because they literally got about 10 goals out of him. Well, we often talk about Chelsea and how good that they are in the transfer market when it comes to making money from players. I think a lot of people forget that. We know they spend a lot of money. For instance, on this list, which I didn't use, was Fernando Torres, who Chelsea signed in January 2011 for 50 million quid. But, you know, to think that they sold Diego Costa for 7 million more than that, 57 million, um, it is easy to forget that. So these are all Premier League transfers. This is the list of the top 25 fees paid or received in January from Premier League clubs over the years. Um, I haven't given you any of the top three or four. Well, actually, Christian Pulisic was fourth with 58 million, that fee. But can you guess the top three by any chance? Well, Van Dijk's the top one, is he not? Well, Van Dijk's second, 75 million. Liverpool bought him from Southampton in 2018, but he's not top. It's quite an obvious one. He's back playing in the Premier League now for considerably less than what he was sold for. Oh, Ronaldo. Plays for a middling Premier League club, mid-table at the moment. Coutinho. Felipe Coutinho, Mali, bang on. Barcelona bought oh, him in 2018 for £142 million. And we wonder why they haven't Christ. got any money. And now they're signing Adama Traore instead. <laughs> um, there's a few interesting names on here. For instance, like Jenk Tosin signed for Everton for £27 million in 2018. Wow. He's still there, isn't he? I think he is, you know. Um, I think he's just, yeah, he just, I don't know, he's like a groundsman now or something. Just, just, just counting his cash, isn't he? <laughs> Wilfred Bonny, 
Manchester City Bonnie? bought Wilfred right. Bonnie from Swansea for 28 million. Yeah, Gosh. it was pretty expensive. And there's a, there's a few other names on here. Andre Ayew, Almiron, Matic, Schürrle, Quadrado, Darren Bent in 2011, Jesus. 24 million pounds um, in that move involving Aston Villa. Ramirez, remember him? Very the Chelsea player. And uh, the one that I totally forgot about, which is actually third on this list, is Oscar. Chelsea sold Oscar to Shanghai in 2017 for £60 million. How, how did they pull these transfers off? They're going to be so buggered when uh, FIFA changed the rules to six loan signings. I know that's not a loan signing, but my God, they've got an absolute trafficking system going on there. <laughs> Joel spitting some fire, but um, well done to Marley. He's the winner of the transfer quiz. How did you get on against the lads? Let us know on social media. At the Sports Social is our Twitter account. You can find us on Instagram at Sports Social Official. And we're also on Facebook as well. Just search for Sports Social in the search bar. That's it for us today on Football Social Daily. The dugout with myself, Trevor Stephen and Dean Hammond will be out Later on on Friday night, we'll be discussing what exactly players go through when it comes to making a move in the January transfer window. Trevor tells a really interesting story about his last minute move from Glasgow Rangers to Marseille back in the 90s. And we also hear about exactly what it's like when a manager gets sacked and the feeling within the dressing room. We'll hear from those two former professional players, Trevor Stephen and Dean Hammond. But that's it from us today on Football Social Daily. Joel's going to go and brush up on his January transfer. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm Googling it now, and I swear it's 50 million now. I'm, I'm confident it's 50 million. I want an inquiry well, into it's, this. It's not, it's, not, it's not the research want, that I've want, got, Joel. I'm the quiz master, mate. You can't take me down. I was going to say, you can't, go, you can't go to the quiz master. The quiz master's rules are final. <laughs> Marley, Marley's batting him, fighting his corner. Love it. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.